This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day. Welcome to Keep It Simple, weekly internet talk show of the Simple Truths Radio Network. Pastor Xavier Reese, Pastor X, how are we doing today? Good, Tony. Good. Amen. Enjoying the uh, warm weather of summer. A little bit. It's going to start heating up. It's good. It's, it's summer. It's, at least it's expected, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, also with us in the studio, our production engineer, John Duran. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode, what is this, 243 today? We're guessing, maybe. Yeah, guessing, <laughs> guesstimating. Uh, Tuesday, July 12th, 2022. Amen. Also with our brother Ray Miranda helping us with audio brother and video. Ray. Pastor X, we continue to work our way through the influence of the person of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers. You know, we devoted uh, a few weeks ago our, our last bot broadcast on the subject to the work of the Holy Spirit, specifically regarding love right. from the perspective of uh, love as a motive and love as a fruit of the Spirit and love as uh, the, the, mo the goal, really, right. uh, I guess, of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we've been looking for the months, actually, a few months, at the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the believer. We've seen a whole list of different characteristics right. that are specific to yeah. the Holy Spirit, attributes, actually, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, he's a person, he's per he has personality, he regenerates man, um, uh, he has offices, uh, the spirit, um, he's called the spirit of thanksgiving, spirit of power and witness, the spirit of love. And there are more uh, than that, actually. All of that. Yeah. So there's so many. Is there any aspect of the life of the believer that the Holy Spirit is not engaged with in some area, Pastor X? No, because remember, he's called a, the comforter, the paracolero, the right. one to come alongside. Amen. Jesus said he would be with you, and uh, he would teach you all things, uh, bring all things to your remembrance, guide you, instruct you. Uh, empower us, I mean, on and on and on. We need that. Uh, absolutely. Without the, the Holy Spirit continues the work of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Father made the plan, Jesus is the channel, but the agent now is the Holy Spirit throughout the church age until the Lord removes his church. And then even then, his Spirit is going to be working upon those that are left behind during the tribulation, great tribulation. There will be a great, um, a great um, uh, move of the Spirit. Many will be born again. Mm -hmm. But many of them are going to have to give up their lives uh, at the hand of the Antichrist. Yeah. Of course, that would be at the middle point, the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet in Matthew 24, 15. Um, you get the crucial moment in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And so it's very critical that uh, uh, we realize that it's the Spirit of God that makes it all possible, whether it be the preaching of the gospel, conviction, illumination, instruction, guidance, mm -hmm. empowerment. It's all by the Holy Spirit of God. But again, he works in and through by his word, right. never contrary to his words. This is very important because you have sections of the church that, um, for the lack of a better term, will say extreme Pentecostalism. Mm -hmm. That uh, because we are Pentecostal, Pentecostal means we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. But decent in order, but extreme Pentecostalism, which really uh, does doesn't um, lend itself to examine things to Scripture. And therefore, it puts much experience upon the move of the Spirit, a lot of emotions and, and stories and everything, which really um, uh, are not it's scriptural. Human experience. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's, it's just, uh, it brings a lot, of, it muddies the waters up. You know, you mentioned uh, people who are going to give their lives during the great, during the tribulation period. And it just makes you think of the word witness. 
actually is derived from that martyr. Martyr. Yes. So that's that's the idea. You're giving either right. you're giving your life right. a day at a time over a long period, or you're actually going to die for right. your faith, one way or the other. And then, and we see that throughout the scriptures um, constantly. Um, you know, I mean, even as um, as uh, in the day we're living today, so corrupt in every way, mm -hmm. and not only within our nation and government, uh, not only within the states, not only within the educational system, the boards, universities, the medical community. Um, um, but at the time when the, the gospel was written and prior to that when Jesus came, um, Rome was just corrupt. Mm -hmm. it, was, it didn't tolerate anything. Now, we're a constitutional republic such as Rome said it was, but far different from ours. Yeah. But ours is also far from what it was and should be. Yeah. And so we realize that even though in our, our fallen, corrupt state as a nation, um, certainly in the last 70 years, we have corrupted ourselves to the maximum. But even there, we're still not there in the state of Rome. Rome used to kill Christians. Amen. Uh, so no, no Christians been killed here. Now, they're making it hard, um, uncomfortable, intimidating, um, fearful. Um, and that's whether you're a um, Christian, a patriot, a conservative, um, or a constitutionalist. Um, but again, when you look at the um, comparisons, uh, we're still not there, even though the world has gotten really bad. Amen. One of the things that really bothers me about the situation of our world today, Pastor X, is how we are lied to mm -hmm. by, I guess, politicians and the media. Yeah. They have an agenda. They're moving in a particular direction. Sure. But they won't just come out and tell you what they're doing. Yeah. They dress it up in, in all kinds of different uh, opportunities to yeah. promote. The, it's like, you know, the, the, the Green New Deal yeah. or all the environmental issues. It's, it's a policy push. Yeah, yeah. It's not really, they're not really so concerned with the care of the environment. They're really moving toward a globalist economy, sure. and they're using this as an excuse. Yeah, yeah, and the whole thing is they want control. Amen. So last two and a half years um, with the pandemic, it was the biggest uh, power uh, outreach and, and overreach than ever before. Yeah. Isolating everybody, keeping everybody under fear to get the power over the medical community. And um, we used to be able to trust doctors. We, we don't now. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, question when they say you should do this because they went along with the lie, um, and they continue to do so. Um, the medical community, there are good doctors out there, Amen. but they're few, yeah. okay? So I don't want to blast everybody. But uh, as a medical system and community, uh, the United States uh, medical uh, agencies have gone rogue, yeah. and they betrayed the people. And that probably started with the Affordable Health Care Act, of course, unfortunately. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And all the Green Deal, everything else, it's all, it's all just to um, control and to limit people. Uh, the, green, the Green Deal or any green <laughs> program uh, um, does more damage to the earth. Um, if you're out there, um, get on the, uh, on the Internet and look at the, um, the planet Earth um, or the human Earth, something like that, is by by um, the Canadian guy. Uh-huh, Michael name? Moore? Michael Moore, he put it out. Okay. And it shows you the fallacy and the, the lies about the Green Deal. Renewable energy is the same thing that we used to do. They just cut down things and they mix it with rubber, everything else. 
nothing gets run by absolutely um, solar. Mm -hmm. There's not one thing that runs completely on solar. It can't happen. Yeah. It's a lie. Yeah. And so, again, it's to control. You keep driving your electric cars, and pretty soon you're going to be limited on what you can do. Right now, I mean, look in California. We're having blackouts. Yeah. Okay? We can't even meet the demands of, of the homes that are being used electricity. They just put the new program out with Edison, okay? Um, they make it real nice and real attractive. From four to nine, use less that. Well, that's when everybody's home. Yeah. That's when the family's home. Yeah. They, they don't care about the family. No. Completely. And you still have blackouts. So why are you building houses? California said we're out of water. Why do you build, keep building houses? Yeah. Good question. Why do you keep building green, green uh, belts on the roads and minimizing the roads? Yeah. We don't have the grid for, for the electric. It's all a lie. Yeah. All these uh, schools have put solar all over for their parking. That's, that's what does it. They're not using that. The past two and a half years, they don't even use it. Kids aren't even in school. Now they started going back to school, but they don't use it. I know that in some classrooms, they don't use it. They don't use it in the gyms. Yeah. It's all a farce. That's unfortunate. Frustrating. Yeah. Thank the Lord. God has better plans for right. us. You know, Pastor X, one of the areas that the Holy Spirit works in the lives of believers has to do with what we call fellowship. What do we mean by that right. when we say fellowship, Pastor X? Well, fellowship, the Holy Spirit, is the worship of God. Okay. Um, we fellowship with God, that vertical axis, and uh, we're one with God. We've been forgiven. We've been redeemed. Um, we have the mind of Christ. We have the spirit of Christ. We have the word of God. And now we, are, we know how to stay in a right relationship with God. Mm -hmm. We can enjoy the loving relationship with God uh, by his word, uh, trusting him, uh, looking to him, allowing the spirit to strengthen us, to guide us, to fill us with the spirit as we saw before. Agape love and everything. Amen. And so that vertical act is so important completely. Now, one of the issues you make reference to regularly in teaching is the priority of the vertical access. Right. That it really, that's foundational. That's, right. that's important. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and this, the, my fellowship or my relationship with God has to come before other things in right. my life. Yeah, because everything comes from me and God first. If, okay. if I'm not right with God, then my relationships won't be right with people. Yeah. Um, now I can act like they are, I can um, be very um, um, socially wise and be a chameleon, yeah. uh, but I know who I am and I know where I'm at. And so unless a man or a woman is um, saved, redeemed, forgiven, uh, regenerated, um, having the love of God, uh, being in the Word of God, being directed, uh, making adjustments, always learning, always depending on the Lord, not yourself. If that's not going on, it's like these people go to seminars and they go to classes and all this psycho babble stuff and everything, and yeah. and they think that, that, that you know, and then you know after two weeks they forget all about it. They go back <laughs> to themselves. No doubt. You know what I mean, no different. Yeah. Okay. So it's got to be an ongoing divine work. Yes. This is a supernatural work. It's not. It's not a man. Um, be behavioral modification is quite inferior to biblical transformation. That's so important. Always yes. remember that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I've been through school, um, uh, sociology, psychology, um, in the world, and I've also been on the other side in, in the academic world of Christianity. So um, 
I, I've been on both ends. And uh, it's all trash, it's all um, deception, it's all uh, vanity, vanity, vexation of spirit. Well, a, a lot of the you know, psychological model, they have a lot of great observations right. about human activity and conduct, sure, sure. but and the foundation is, yeah. is... Well, the premise is wrong. The premise of sociology and psychology is that man is good. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a wrong premise, you're gonna have a wrong conclusion. Amen. Your observation may be right, <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. It may be right, but your conclusion is going to be wrong. Yeah. So if you start with the right premise that man is evil, Amen. you're going to come up with the same observations as the psychologist, but your observations are based on the clear fact that man is evil. Amen. Then my conclusions are going to be accurate. Yeah. So they begin with the wrong premise, which is anti-God, anti-Bible. And that's the thing that makes a difference. Whether people believe the Word of God to be God's Word, absolute mm -hmm. truth, mm -hmm. that on every subject that it touches, whether it be God, man, sin, salvation, Satan, hell, heaven, that it is the absolute only truth that God has made known to us. Amen. If we deviate from that, then we're opposed to God. Yeah, we're, create, we're, we're yeah. causing trouble. So. Our fellowship with God is foundational for everything else, and we see that in Scripture. We see that from the book of Genesis, from the very beginning, yes, right? Yes, yes. From the beginning, I mean, we, we see um, the record of creation. Man was created in the image and likeness of God in Genesis Amen. 1, 27. And God formed man from the dust of the ground, made him a living soul. He breathed into him, chapter 2, verse 7. And God made spirit, body, and soul. Now, in the original creation, prior to the fall, uh, you have spirit uppermost, mm -hmm. um, soul and body last. But then when the fall came out, we got flip-flop upside down. Then Adam's concern and needs was body first, yeah. soul second, which is emotion, intellect, and will. But their spirits were dead. Yeah. They used to be alive. Now they're dead. So we're going to see God redeems them. When he were born again, he flops his right side up. Amen. Now the spirit is uppermost. My soul, my intellect, emotion, and will is now subject to the spirit that's alive up on top. Yeah. My body's last. So this is the temple of God now. So now I don't make decisions based on my emotion, my circumstance, situations, but I make it upon the word of God that's being led by my spirit, yielding to the Holy Spirit of God. Very mm -hmm. important. And so we see that that same truth confirmed in the New Testament as well. It's wonderful how consistent Scripture is right. in confirming the Lord's hand involved in these issues, how that we need that connection with God, and spiritual has to be the priority. Yep, and as, we, as, as sin broke in and disrupted the fellowship with God, mm -hmm. with Adam and Eve, and so is the same today. People that are not born again, they're in sin. They're dead in trespasses and sin, Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. And so unless we're born again, we're not restored with the vertical, right? Yeah. And so we have to repent of our sins, and we have to be brought back into the right relationship with God. The Spirit of God inhabits us, our body is the temple of God, and now we're in fellowship with God, and now we're able to be in right fellowship with fellow man. Amen. Completely. Thank the Lord He didn't yeah. leave us in that condition. Yeah. Uh, I got to wonder about the dynamic of God's grace, Pastor X, how... He is able to offer us salvation that costs us nothing. Right. And, of course, that doesn't mean it doesn't cost. It just doesn't cost us Right. right in that right. situation. Right. 
And again, um, it, it cost him. He gave his life up. Mm -hmm. He be the propitiation for our sins, ours alone, not only ours alone, but the whole world. Amen. And for John 2 too. In 2 Corinthians 5 21, it says that God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Yeah. The book of 17 11. And so um, God redeemed them with that little lamb. And 321 of Genesis killed that lamb. Dang. Clothed their nakedness. Yeah. Atoned their sin. Gave them the promise of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman. A woman has no seed. But God provides the seed. She has the egg. Yeah. Repeated in Isaiah 7.14, Behold, a virgin shall bear a son. She calls his name Emmanuel. God with us. Matthew chapter 1 picks that up. And so it's God's... He... Not only did God create us in His image, but as we rebelled against Him and fell through Adam, God gave us a plan to be restored back to Him. But it's a choice. It doesn't happen automatically. Mm -hmm. Even the fall. The opportunities there. The fall didn't happen automatically. Right. It was a choice. Yeah. The same thing has to happen to come back to God. But the thing about the fall is the whole human it race the whole human was race. inside of Adam's right. body because when he, he fell. Is, he's the federal headship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way for the whole human race not to fall right, right. under those circumstances. Whereas from that point forward, individuals have to choose. Right. That's interesting. You know, people like to think that there are other ways that people could be saved. Yeah. And the scripture says not. It's very, very clear that, um, yeah. you know, uh, Philippians 2, from 5 on down to 11, said, Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus, given the example of servanthood. He emptied himself, took on the form of a servant, humbled himself, obedient to the death of the cross. And for that reason, the name has been given to him above every other name. Amen. The name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Um, uh, he's the only one. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he said in John 14, 6. Acts 4.12 says there's no other name given on earth to man that must be saved. Amen. Not it'd be nice, but must be saved. Yeah. And then in 1 Timothy 2.5, there's one mediator between God and man and man, Christ Jesus. It's very, very clear there's only one way, only one name, only one person, the Lord Savior Jesus Christ. So uh, I was born in Mexico City, and uh, I was raised there. I lived there until seven years, and I have family out there still. And um, I was born a Catholic and lived as a Catholic. And when I came to the United States, same thing. I um, went to Our Lady of Loretto here in L.A. Uh, uh, but I got born again at 23. And when I was born again, I realized, you know, that much about what I was taught is completely lie or a compromise mm -hmm. to God's mm -hmm. Word. You're adding, you're taking away from God's Word, you're contradicting God's Word. So if you believe that Mary can intercede for you, then you're not a Christian. You're a Catholic. Amen. If you believe that the priest has power to forgive your sins, you're not a Christian. You're a Catholic. Catholic means universal. Yeah. Okay? And so any of the dogmas that Rome exalts above Scripture by being in addition or subtraction from Scripture, exalting it above Scripture, that is heresy. And this is what religion does. That's right. You know, this is like you mentioned before the Lord clothing Adam and Eve's nakedness with the skin of this lamb when they tried to do it with fig leaves. Right, right. And that's, to that's religion. Yeah. yeah. Man always tries one way or the other. You justify yourself, you um, blame others, you excuse yourself yeah. or whatever. 
but um, God wants us to confess our sins. The word confess, uh, uh, homo logo, means to say the same thing. Mm -hmm. To agree with to him. To agree with God. Amen. Amos 3, 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? It's a rhetorical question that has only one obvious answer. No. No. God is holy. Man is sinful. We cannot walk with him unless we get right and forgiven. Amen. Very important. So now this word fellowship, in the New Testament anyway, I understand the Greek word for fellowship has, is a lot more complicated like a lot of Greek words yeah. than the word we have in the English. Yeah. The word uh, fellowship is koinonia. And it means uh, association, community, okay. uh, communion, joint participation, uh, depending on the context. It appears um, in this form 27 times in the New Testament and some 31 times in other forms. And so it can be used for sharing of anything in participation. It can be involved intercourse uh, and fellowship uh, of, of intimacy. Okay. Uh, it can be um, a gift, um, jointly contributing, uh, a collection, a contribution, exhibiting proof of one's fellowship. So it's a very rich word, um, and depending on the context, how it's used. Hmm. Important to know that stuff, you know. It would yeah. be great if everybody who read the New Testament could read Greek, unfortunately. We're not in that kind of condition. Yeah. But, you know, it's important, having said that, let me say something. Uh, I, I don't take away from people who know Greek and Hebrew and that, and that's fine. Uh -huh. And they're scholars, and they can help us out in some things. But let me say this, that if, if it was required for every believer to know Greek and Hebrew, mm -hmm. then uh, nobody would understand the Word of God. So you need to make sure you have a good translation, the Old King James, the New King James. Yeah. And, um, and make sure that you do good inductive Bible study, and you'll be fine. Um, I'm not putting down uh, education. Get all you can, but then get over it. And, um, but uh, if, if, if everybody had to know Greek and Hebrew, that means that only the scholars can understand it. And then we're right back to the Pharisaic time. Right back That'd to the Dark Ages, unfortunately, yes. you yes. know, when we didn't have the Bible in yes. English. Yes. Yeah, we're very fortunate. So we have this connection with the Lord. We have the, the vertical access. Right. We have the fellowship that he intended. How does, this, how does this allow or how does this help me, Pastor X, in, in terms of following his direction beyond that point? Well, the results of man being able to have fellowship with God uh, means that it can be equally enjoyed in fellowship with man. Okay. So once that, as we said, the vertical access square away, and I'm living unto God, being a witness unto him first and then for him. Uh, the book of Acts says, you should be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Right. Unto me. That means that God looks at my life and knows that I'm being a witness of obedient and his child. And then I witness for him. That's the act of witness. So there are two distinct things there going on. Right. That's important. So once I'm right with God, then I can be right with man. Amen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat you right, and that's my witness unto Him, that I'm dealing with you on the base of His love and His grace, and so it's very, very important. Um, uh, in First John chapter one, verse three through four, it says uh, uh, that that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, meaning. The, the uh, disciples, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. These yeah. things we write to you that your joy may be full. 
So we have fellowship with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and with each other. That, yeah. should, that alone brings joy. If you look to the history of the church and you look to the suffering times and the suffering church um, um, throughout the ages, even the first century with all the persecution, then of course um, through the persecution of Rome, um, much more horrific. You've had places like uh, the USSR, uh, yeah. um, Cuba, China, China yeah. uh, other places. And um, they've suffered tremendously. And, and the joy that he's talking about and the Bible speaks about is not based upon my circumstance or situation. Mm -hmm. It's not based on whether it's positive, comfortable. It's based upon who is in me in my right relationship with him, that's very important. It, it's, it's almost counterintuitive. You, right. you don't expect people who are treated this way to have the kind of joy of life right. that these people really have. Right. And that's why the Bible says that when people accuse us falsely, all, all we're responsible to do is to live in such a way to prove them wrong. Mm -hmm. And so that's important. And that's what irritates many of the persecutors of, of uh, Christ and of course, since he's not here, they do it to his children, the church, is that when we don't respond the way they would want us to respond, when we won't cower, when we won't allow fear to agree with them, that irritates them, it provokes them. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and so um, that's the history of the church. Amen. It, it's wild to think about um, the, the scripture that you, you quoted about and and first john makes this point really clearly that we have fellowship with one another dependent upon our fellowship right. with god and i i mean i remember my life before being a christian and how my relationships with other people changed dramatically i mean before the time i was a believer it was all about me sure, sure. and following that i recognized that there's a much you know it's like it's a much bigger picture sure. there's sure. a lot more going on than just you Sure, sure. Well, you know, when you're in the world, um, you, you're, depending on how you're brought up, okay, mm because -hmm. there's different, there's some kids that are brought up, they have no morals, no ethics, no nothing. Yeah. Of course, they're going to get into everything and much more by the time they're 18, they're more corrupt than others. Um, but nevertheless, whatever level it is, you come to a place where you realize that, that only the strong survive. Yeah. And, um, and, and you're out for yourself and you may be well-intended, you may even um, think about it. You may even choose and do the right thing once in a while. <laughs> but th the bottom line is, um, you know, the middle letter of sin is I. Amen. Okay? <laughs> it, it's the trinity of darkness, me, myself, and I first. And um, so when people start getting a job or going to whatever it may be or even have a boyfriend or girlfriend, it's always me first. Yeah. Um, and as long as the goosebumps are there and, 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 you know, we can laugh and have a good time. But there's a hook. Uh, there's sure. the sexual aspect. There's the, and when, that, when, that, when that, things start going wrong, then it's all over with. Yeah. And, though, and, and, and you know it's wrong. And so what you do is you justify yourself and accuse and give reasons. It's really not my fault. You know, he said this or she said that. And, you know, they wouldn't have done that. But you know what? I'm over it. I'm the better for it. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Hey, I'm all these take the high road. All these stupid sayings that yes. mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. But again, it's it's the it's the corruption of of culture. Yeah. And the human race. Amen. 
And so that's this is a great thing about being a believer is that God can sit you down and say, wait a minute, you've got a problem here. Yeah. You're messed up. You've got issues. You need yeah. to consider the reality of what's going on. Yeah. You know, it's like um, being married. I know you've been married, gosh, a long time, almost 50 yeah. years here. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. And I've been married 43 years and, and it's so wonderful to have God give you an appreciation for your, your little wife, you know, yeah. just is amazing, you know, yeah. servant of the Lord and works hard every day. And it's, it's pretty awesome. Sure. If you have the right perspective with God, that's why all these programs, all these laws, all these mandates, everything else, um, it demonstrates that people are lawbreakers. Amen. Okay. They that's need right. laws to rule them. Mm -hmm. And then on the other end, you have the ones that are making the laws. They're more corrupt because they only want to give laws to control people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our society has, that ship has sailed about justice, <laughs> about, you know, you, you punish the evil and reward the good. That ship has sailed. Unfortunately. That, that's not here anymore. Amen. Okay. It's just the opposite. You, um, you, you, you protect the evil and you victimize the good. Yeah. And that's where we're at. That's unfortunately what um, happens most of the time. It may not be straight across the board every time, but it certainly is here. Well, it's kind of refreshing when you when you read about a, a court making a judgment and, and it's actually just, and you're like, wow, amazing. it's yeah. wonderful. You rejoice. Yeah. You know, that's what we hope for. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. And today we're talking about the Holy Spirit and His work in the church and, and in individual believers concerning fellowship. We'll be right back with you after these messages. We begin our character studies of different individuals of the Bible, and what better place than Adam? There are many women in the scriptures who are models of virtue and the grace of God, and certainly Abigail is one of them high on the list. Pastor Xavier Reese presents the significant people of scripture with his character studies of the Bible series, now available in MP3 audio format on a USB flash drive. This PC or Mac compatible flash drive contains 169 messages in all, highlighting various figures throughout the Old and New Testaments. We want to begin our study of Mary by looking at the Annunciation. Our character study is Pontius Pilate. Tonight we'll be looking at Paul. From Adam and Eve to the Twelve Apostles and many, many more, Pastor Xavier Reese's character studies of the Bible USB flash drive makes a great study tool for the new believer and a perfect reference guide for the whole church. Get yours at the online store at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. That's the Character Studies of the Bible USB flash drive at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Pastor Xavier Reese explains the difference between saints and aints. Notice the basis of the sainthood is in Christ. Don't miss that. A saint is not a person who has been canonized by a group of religious men, but one who has trusted Christ for his or her salvation wholeheartedly and trust on that and that alone. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, Jesus said, and the rain fell and the floods came, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Pastor Xavier Reese says, by allowing the Lord's wisdom to guide us in our relationships, decisions, and priorities, we find that he provides the most trustworthy foundation any life could be built upon. And that's why he's presenting a teaching series on the basic foundations for the Christian faith. In it, he explains the importance of the Word of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the function of prayer and worship, and so much more. 
The Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith is a 12-message series available on audio CD for $32 or an MP3 disc for just $10 in the online store of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. Look for the Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith series when you browse the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Turn now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, Addressing Issues of Consequence for the Church, hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. You're back with us here at Keep It Simple. Today we're spending some time with Pastor Xavier talking about the work of the Holy Spirit with the Fellowship of the Believer. You know, a lot going on uh, today, Jonathan. Actually, we have a big event. We do. For the, the women's ministry. Tonight. This, this evening, the, uh, they have a summer series, and this is the second installment. And uh, Special guest speaker, Kathy Bell. Uh, yeah. That tonight, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we're having her at 7 p.m. Amen. Pacific Standard Time. And yeah, for those that are local, you're more than welcome to join. For those that aren't local, we're also streaming it live starting at 7 Kelly. p.m. Kelly Bell. Kelly Bell. Yes. <laughs> I knew something was wrong there. I was trying yes, to yes, yes. put it together in my head. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She's a wonderful lady. We're grateful. She's uh, her and her husband. Her her, he's a pastor at Calvary Chapel Marietta. Wow. And we're grateful to have her out here again. And you, it's going to be live streamed. It will be live streamed for those, for those who are, that are not, local. not local. Yeah. We do start the stream at 7 p.m. because that's when the event is advertised to start. Uh, here in house, the ladies do. Uh, have refreshments at around that time. Yeah. But we're going to welcome everybody online and tell them just to sit tight. We'll have a little countdown till the session starts, the, the worship. Amen. And they have child care available for people who yeah. are local. Yeah, so it'll be and, good. Uh, you know, we're really blessed, John, the, the whole uh, format, the platform that the Lord has provided for us to be able to offer uh, online services. Like we said, yeah. the event tonight yeah. will be live streamed. Yeah, we are. And a lot going on there. Yeah, we're using a Subsplash. They've just been great, more than great. God's really, they've been a real blessing to us um, for streaming and other things in the in the cyber world. But uh, they added a new feature, and we're turning it on for our live stream of our talk show. It's a little oh, chat feature. Great. Yeah, so we want to just be, encourage people to use it to ask questions if they'd like. It just makes it a little easier. And so now yes. they be, have yes. access to that if they go to the church website and they yes. log on to the, the live church feed. church website and the church uh, mobile app as well. Okay, great. They can do it on both. Yeah, so they're always improving, and they've just been great. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of a new feature. And like I said, we turn it on right now at least just for the live uh, talk show. Okay, great. Good. Yeah, so good. it's great. The Lord is good. So Pastor X talking about the Holy Spirit directing our, our fellowship with the Father. It brings to mind the scripture you mentioned before, uh, John 4.23, uh, where it tells us that Jesus is instructing the woman at the well, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes. And that, that sort of includes the involvement of God's Holy Spirit, sure. those who worship in spirit sure, and sure. in truth. And, and the fellowship should include the well-roundedness of age, like a family. You have infants, you have children, you have teens, you have young adults, you have a father, you have a mother, you have uncles, you have everything else. The church, you should have all the different ages. It's all a plus. It's important. Um, so, so many times ministries cater to only one aspect of it. But they're like, they want to divide or, people or into divide special interests. Yeah. Know, they're, they're special interests. And so people search um, churches often by what programs do you have for my children? 
right. or my teens, mm -hmm. and they want to lay everything on the responsibility of the church. Now, those of you who are parents out there, um, you, you may not like it, but it's okay. Um, you know, you bring your children to church. If you bring them here on Sunday morning, that means we have them for one hour. If you come on Sunday night, that's the second hour. If you bring them midweek, that's the third hour. And there might be a young people's fellowship, four hours. Now, four hours a week, they spend, they sleep eight, 16. So they're going to spend about 14 hours a day with you every day. You are the most critical input regarding their Christianity. Amen. You need to be praying for them, guiding them, correcting them, chastening them, instructing them, and overseeing them and make sure that you're living out your Christianity. Yeah, that example. People want to blame the church right away. Well, as a church, you know, we did all this, now they've gone to college and they're gone. Well, that's not the church's fault. Many kids go to church, but they don't, they're not born again. Or they're not, they don't, or they don't know the Word of God. So when they're little goldfish and they're put into um, a piranha pond, well, they're, they're dinner. Children and teens who have grown in the church and know the Word of God, and they go to college, they thrive. They affect other people's lives. It's an individual choice. So I understand if a church doesn't teach the Word of God, I'm with you. Let's fault the pastor of the church. But where the Word is being taught, do not do that. You're completely wrong. Here's the problem. Your children, they're your children. They're little sinners. Amen. You're the problem if you're not confronting them. Make sure they go to church. Make sure that you are reminding them of their relationship, their obedience, and the power and deception of sin. Yeah. And if you do that, you'll do well. Yeah. And it's not like we're saying it's an easy thing to do. No. You know, no. To, to walk with it, Christ day by day, lead your family, and be an example, it's tough. Being the head of the home is not easy. No. Being a mom, a dad, uh, working through life, trying to find out how you're going to make a living, and what are you going to do now the kids come, now where are we going to take them to school, what do we do, the, who are they hanging out with, and when all that goes through, then you got the grandkids coming, yeah. it's all over again. That's right. But that's life. Yeah. And Christ equips us for life. He does. But it's based on His Word. Not the, the, today. Let me give you another. You may rub you the wrong way, but it's all right. Um, you know, today, now, every, all this postmodern stuff, many churches call themselves campuses. Why? Jesus didn't say, I will add to my campuses. Yeah. I will add to my church. It's his church. The word church Two words, ek out, kaleo call. Called out. Called out from what? Darkness into his church. So why would you want to call your church a campus? Campus one, campus two. Why would you not want to say we're Calvary Chapel of Pasadena or Calvary Chapel of this or Baptist Church or whatever? You name it, it's a church. Yeah. The Pasadena just gives you the location. But church is church. The last 2,000 years, there haven't been no campuses. But it's the chicest thing through the watering down of God's Word, through the liberal theologians, 
through the church growth program, through the emergentism of, uh, of um, um, many who have uh, infiltrated the church. Rick Warren, the primary one. Many others I can name. It's ridiculous. So you need to be biblical. You need to study the Word of God. Maybe I'm just getting old and grumpy. <laughs> well, you know, Pastor X, part of our having fellowship with the Father and one another is being critically minded. Right. You know, the Scripture instructs us to be critic to, to examine the things that we're seeing and hearing. Yeah. And compare them with what the Scripture says. We Romans, need to do that. Romans twelve sixty says, "Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your minds on high things, but associate with the humble." Do not be wise in your own opinion. In other words, we're to have a very sober understanding of who we are. We are good for nothing. We yeah. are sinners at heart. We are the most selfish, the most destructive people in the world. Hitler was made of the same DNA as you are. Amen. Okay? Yeah. The same genetic makeup. Different parents, but the human race. It is bad news. Yeah. People want to keep preaching and teaching the goodness of man. What generation did you did you choose your sample from? Yeah. What country? It's interesting. What race? It? Yeah. What culture? The yeah. evidence calls you a liar. Yeah. Or very ignorant. One of the two. Important. Yeah. That, that whole attitude of humility, and when you recognize, you know that you're a sinner saved by grace. Right. There's really nowhere else to go. Right. right. That's so when the you line. when you look at people, you know, when we're in the world, we look at people a different way. And not and there's nothing wrong with having uh, morals and standards and and to know this is wrong, evil, and this is good. Understand. But I have to be careful what I allow that to do to my heart. Mm -hmm. So if I see a person who's a drug addict and I see a person who's a, a doctor, well. I realize on the outside that one is doing good to society, the other one's costing money to society. So that's a, a very clear observation and necessary for society to function and to correct itself. Yeah. But both of them, if they're not born again, they're both lost. Amen. They're both on their way to hell. Yeah. One with a very good education, doing a lot of good works. The other one living for himself, destroying people and himself. Yeah. So I have to look at both ends. Very, very important. But you don't lose sight of that that important point right. that they're right. both. And you don't exalt yourself about that because if it wasn't for the grace of God, there go I. Amen. Very, very Amen. important. It, it, it's easy to miss the humility, you know, when you start to feel comfortable around people. Who you really are has a way of showing right. up. Right. You know, right. it comes forward. Well, humility doesn't come natural. Amen. It's hard work. <laughs> Um, again, uh, it's just, um, you know, it's like the guy that say, you know, I'm tired of talking about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> it's, it's just the way it is. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit in that fellowship, he's the one who brings about the changes. Right, right. He's the one who affects us. Right, right. And, and also brings about uh, unity. You know, you were talking before about the fact that God has placed us together with this mixed multitude and people that we never would have right. spent time with right. uh, if we hadn't become believers in Christ. Right. Uh, but it's amazing how much old people have to offer right. and how much you can learn from young people. Sure. But it, as you're in that in the body of Christ and exposed to all you know, those different sure. situations. There are all the different levels. Yeah. Certainly a young person um, is not going to know as much as an older person. 
Uh, but certainly a young person in their 20s, 30s, uh, if they've uh, been educated, different things, different fields, they may know more in some area that an older person doesn't. Mm -hmm. But but you need to to draw from all the resources of, of, of humanity within the church to direct, to guide, to learn from, to be all we can be. And, and in spite of that, knowing that we have differences, diversity, be it in our culture, our our age, our, our sex, and all that, but all that diversity magnifies unity. Yeah. Because we, in spite of the, all those different factors, we are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. So we've all come to Jesus because of grace through faith, by the preaching of the gospel. Even though we may have different positions of the church or gifts, we may have difference of education or wealth, um, that doesn't affect our spirituality. Our spirituality is solely based on our vertical relationship, as we said, in the Word of God mm -hmm. and my openness to the Holy Spirit of God to make me more like Jesus and less like me. And I must look at that mirror, the Word of God, like James says, and not walk away deceiving myself and say, what the heck I look like? Yeah. You know, when I look into the Word and I'm reading it, and that's why I'm to read and meditate upon it day and night, then I'll be prosperous and have good success spiritually, not financially, as some of these hucksters teach. Fred yeah. Price, Copeland, Hagen, and all the boys. Unfortunately. Okay? Yeah. And so I must, I must, you know, if, if there's any la ladies listening out there, you, you, you love your mirrors, ladies. <laughs> you look at your mirror when you get up, you're putting your makeup on, and then the last thing when you leave the house, you look at the mirror again. You get in your car, you look at the mirror. You get in the leave, you get out of the car, you look at the mirror. You, you, why do you love your mirror? Because it never lies to you. It tells you exactly what you look like. And you've got a national, maybe an eyelash or something off or a button or something. You're going to correct it. You're not going to walk away and say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter to you. And so the Word of God tells exactly who we are. We're, when I'm off, I'm off. It is the plumb line. Plumb lines are not crooked. There's not one crooked plumb line. It's always the wall or what's being measured that's crooked. And so we must align ourselves with the Word of God. Amen. When I, I used to teach uh, junior high school kids years ago and, and on Sundays, and I took, a, I took a yardstick and I broke it in about three different places and I glued it together so that it was like this. And I would use that as, a, as an illustration. I said, you know, I need, I need a yardstick. Does anybody have a yardstick? I said, oh, here's one. Let's use this one. And they would all laugh. You know, well, that's ridiculous. Obviously, you can't. It's not a straight line, you know. Right. That's why we need the Scripture. That's why we need the Word of God, Absolutely. because it is that straight line. You know, when, when I compromise my fellowship with the Lord, Pastor X, it, it seems like it would just be a matter of time before my situation with people would start to suffer the consequences. Sure, sure, sure. If we deviate... Um we um, cease to depend on Him. We cease to allow the Scriptures to instruct us and to examine us and to chasten us. Um, then we will deviate like a car that's out of alignment. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to hold that steering wheel. If I take my hands off, it's going to drift to right or left. Yeah. That's, this is man. The Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God is what keeps hold of that wheel to keep us straight. If we allow God to take his hands off us by not depending on him, we will go to the right or the left. 
We'll hopefully find, we will find the ditch. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're driving down that freeway and you start driving by Braille. You know it's time to get over. Okay, Amen. and so the same thing with the Lord. Amen. And we need we need His help and we need His direction, day to day. And you know the the problem can really come from any area of my failure, and it has implications for everything. And it's so important to, again. As we said, you know, examine ourselves. Yeah. And the scripture instructs us over and over again. We yeah. need to do that. We Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 12 says, uh, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people in this world or with the covetous, the extortioners, or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world but now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral, covetous, idolater, or a reviler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person, for what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Meaning not, outside the church. Right. Do you not judge those that are inside? Mm. So in other words, you're saying, we don't... We don't get in the face of adulterers in the world or drunkards and all that. We know they're, they're dead. Amen. So we give them the gospel. Yeah. We, we're all compassionate. We're all patient. They're dead. But if a Christian is fornicating or getting drunk, and today there's a lot of Christians think they have the liberty to drink. Yeah. Okay, with the new postmodern movement of the emergent church. Well, just come back if you're married about two or three years. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And what's going to happen to your children when they see you drink and then they start drinking? Yeah, they, you do it. What's oh, wrong yeah, now? absolutely. Paul says, have no fellowship with them. See, that's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard because well, you're, the, the, the Scripture's putting you in a position where you have to confront you, people. You, you've got to draw the line. You've got to draw the line. That's tough. And so um, this is to be going on over the pulpit, teaching the Word of God. Amen. Because we will try to make that gate wide. That's mm -hmm. one to hell. Mm -hmm. uh, it is narrow and straight. And as you move through that narrow one, then it opens up and it's liberty. You're the freest. Mm -hmm. But if you go down this wide thing, it'll narrow, narrow, narrow to destruction. Yeah. So um, we're to confront one another. We're to examine one another. We're to judge one another. If you're a Christian, you're all mine. If you're a non-believer, I'll be patient. Yeah. We have the same Bible. We have the same Holy Spirit. We, we don't have any excuses. There's not a, a Mexican gospel. There's not a, a, a Croatian gospel. There's not, you know, a, a different gospel for different cultures. It's That's wild, stupid. isn't it? I mean, it's amazing that this, the one Bible could be written for all the cultures That's of the, the world. That's the beauty of it. And today, the, the, just the opposite with the diversity, mm -hmm. they want to make everybody the same. We're not the same. We're all different. Yes. But yet, Paul writes Ephesians, Jew and Gentile, one in Christ Jesus. In spite of all the cultural differences, the morality, immorality, whatever it may be, once we're born again, we're the same. We're in the same family. It makes no difference. So we have to realize that what happened in the past is buried, and we don't bring that up. Yeah. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Now, we remember who we were. We, we know what we did. Yeah. We know the destruction we brought on other people as well as ourselves. But thank God for the grace of Jesus Christ for giving us. And we give people the, the benefit of the doubt that they're born again. And then we let time run and find out 
whether you're truly born again or maybe you are born again but you're not growing and you're living a carnal life as Paul tells the Corinthians aren't you not carnal you have divisions among you you know and you're doing this and that and you're like like babies sucking on milk yeah you know you need some meat get in the Word of God yeah absolutely you know these are such important examples from the scripture and you start to understand how people who are not reading the scripture daily creates big problems and you know the scripture reinforces these ideas practically for us clearly right. in the teaching pastor right. x you know and then again when you have problems and difficulties whether it be um with a wife or husband or children or family members or friends or even in the church sure you have matthew 18 that tells you how to deal with it um, now matthew 18 i think has been ripped off of most church bibles <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you would think so. You know, in this politically correct, uh, nauseating, lukewarm culture of ours, um, everybody gets offended. Mm -hmm. You can't confront anybody with truth. And so you're being permissive and actually being party to the sinfulness of society and destruction, where the Bible is very clear on what we're to do. In Matthew 18, 15 through 17, the first step is, moreover, if your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fall between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. Verse 15. Notice that the responsibility is on the innocent party. Interesting. Not the guilty party. Mm -hmm. People say, well, I didn't do nothing. If he's going to do it, he's got to come to me. Yeah. Well, if you're in the world, you can go with that route. But if you're a Christian and you know your brother has something against you, it's your responsibility to go to them. Yes. Now, the second step in verse 16 says, second step, but if he will not hear. Now, if, he, if you go to him and that and you're squared away, he asks forgiveness, you give the forgiveness, it's done. Great. If, if, if it gets out, there's only two people who have a big mouth. Yeah, somebody. It's yeah. real simple. Yeah. Matthew 18 is to find out not only gets squared away, but the reason is that you can track everything to see who's at fault, who's got the big mouth, mm -hmm. who's gossiping, who's slandering. So the second step, but if you will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So this is because a person is hard-hearted or unwilling, mm -hmm. just carnal, whatever it is, then you take one or two more. So this way that he cannot slander you. Now you have, if we go with the two, it would be three persons, if we go with the with the, with the three, it would be four persons. Mm -hmm. So now you've got four people that know the information. If it gets squared away there, we're done. But now you've got four people that are capable of leaking the information. Right. And so it's minimized so that you can do good tracing work on who has the big mouth and causes more problems. Yeah. And then, of course, the third step is in verse 17. If he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church, not the campus, the church. Yeah. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. The church is being used in the form of leadership. Mm -hmm. You don't involve the entire church in disciplining matters. That opens a whole can of worms. Okay. That would be a really rare thing and where, it would where be, that would be necessary. It would be a very humiliating mm -hmm. and a hurtful thing for the church. Yeah. 
So if you have godly people, well, I, I, we can't trust that. If you can't trust your pastor and your, 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 your assisting pastors, then you shouldn't be going to that church then. Yeah. Go find another church. If you're trusting them to feed you, praying for you, then why would you not trust them to handle the disciplinary matters according to the scriptures? Very it's important. wild how often you will have people, you, you get a call, people want uh, counseling, marriage counseling, personal counseling, whatever. Yeah. And uh, you'll ask them, well, where do you go to church? You know, I, I don't know you. Where do you go to church? Right. They say, well, I go to this church over here. And Why did you go there? Exactly. Why don't you go and talk to your pastor and the yeah. leaders of your church, you know, to be instructed accordingly? Yeah. But the thing is, is it's sort of like a social hierarchy. Right, right, right. Some right, problem. Right, right, yeah. right. Unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Um, something goes wrong in the family, you deal with it in the family. Amen. You don't go to your next door neighbor. <laughs> yes. Okay? It's just real simple. It's not that, you don't have to be a theologian. Amen. And so, um, um, the people are people. I mean, the church would be the greatest place uh, if it wasn't for people. <laughs> okay? Uh, it's like everybody moving out of California, right? They yeah. go to Idaho, Tennessee, this and that. Well, when you get there, it's a, it's a beautiful place. But now, after about ten years, and people are there now, now it's it's just as bad as here. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. No doubt. Okay, uh, people are the things that mess things up. Yeah, but the Holy Spirit, as we walk, He's faithful. With the Lord. We live in a fallen world. Yeah, we are called to live among darkness, people that are evil. But greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. And Jesus transforms us, gives us the mind of Christ allows us as the church to be able to proclaim the love of God, to teach the Word of God, to trust God to do and to direct and to guide and to deal with individuals within the church, to make His church run. The church is an organism, not an organization. It's living. He adds to it. Too often now the churches, as we've mentioned, the word campus and everything, they run like corporations. Yeah. The pastor is the CEO. And so, if you're out there and um, you're, you're listening to all this, it, it might blow your mind. But this is what the scriptures teach. It's not my interpretation of it, it's this. So you need to have that relationship with Jesus Christ and make sure that you're being all that you can be through the Word, through the power of the Spirit of God, being a witness to Him first, then for Him. And that you realize that you are the church, not the building. And that you're doing your part on what God has for you. And that you as a head of home, men, are instructing your family, are guiding them, being the spiritual uh, high priest of the home. And that you're there to protect your wife, to care for her. The first one you're to protect her from are your children. They will attack her. She's more vulnerable than you, always. So you, they understand they don't mess with your bride or they mess with you. Real simple. That's why God put dads in the home, okay? And so I'm going to encourage you to trust the Lord, walk with Him, and be a doer of the Word of God. Keep it simple. Don't make it complicated. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. 
We hope you'll be back for our next discussion and may God richly bless your day.